We haven't, um, we haven't had a good old healthy do dose of uh, vomit. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna work with that. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Gavin said it. It's it's jacked up. It's jacked up. How's everybody doing? So, um, on a serious note, we've had several technical difficulties today, and so we're going to work right through that. Um, the lights that are above you have malfunctioned today, and our projector is malfunctioning, and so we're going to get right through it. But um, we're starting a new series called Wise Choices, and um, you know, there's no, there's no clever title. Just know, you know, just it is what it is. We're going to be talking about wisdom. And uh, my uh, small group, my seventh grade guys, any of you guys here tonight? Okay. Oh, there you are. No, you weren't. Where were you? Honey. You weren't even honey. Were you honey? My small group guys know a little bit about what we're going to be talking about because we've kind of had a little bit little bit of a, a primer the last couple weeks, but this is uh, one of my favorite lessons to teach, and we try to teach this one around once every year or once every year and a half, just because uh, it's important. Now, we're not going to just reach back and teach the same thing that we used to, because there's different students, and there's different times, and, and the last time we taught this, in fact, the last, the last time we taught this uh, subject matter, um, it, several of you were not in this youth ministry, um, but those of you who were, do you remember the series Act in a Fool? Okay, this was a very, very fun series that we did. And so, um, anyway, if you remember a little bit about that, you know why that video was up there. And I'll just say this, there's more to come next week. So, anyway, um, any of you just like, you were, you were about to run to the bathroom. Like, I can't, you're kind of like one of those, when you see it, you vomit too? Is that anyone else in here? Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to test the limits next week. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Okay. Um, for real though, uh, we've got kind of a, uh, a theme verse. Um, and like I said, the, I know the lights are not going to be helping you much today. We, we tried with the side lights, but... Um, this will just kind of test your ability to remember, or maybe you'll just be on your phone. But we're going to be in Proverbs 1 and 2 for most of the night. But the theme verse for the series is, is out of Ephesians 5. And um, the theme verse basically says this in verse 15. Uh, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Uh, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. The days are evil. Um, so that's the end of verse 16, 17 says this, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let's, uh, let's pray real quick before we get started. Father, just with everything going on, um, with all the things uh, happening in our lives, it does seem like there's a lot of distractions tonight. Um, it seems like there were some, just some things that were trying to keep some people away from church. There was just with weather and with, with games getting rescheduled and all that kind of stuff, God, I just, I just want to say right now in this moment that we recognize 
about how important your word is and, and how important it is to apply that to our life. And so we just uh, want to say um, in, in this room that we, we, we want to be changed. We want you to show your word to us in a way that changes us, that, that, is, um, that, that is real and, and, that, and that helps us uh, know how to walk in wisdom. And so, Lord, we ask for your help. We ask for your Holy Spirit to be here um, and just to, to give us these moments to study your word. And uh, we hope that we leave here um, different people. So we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so Ephesians 5 is where that, that, uh, that theme verse is, but we're going to be in Proverbs. So if you're not in Proverbs, go to Proverbs um, on your phone, in the Bible, whatever. Um, Uh, maybe Proverbs chapter 2, the first, the first portion. Um, has there ever been a time in your life, just as you're turning or clicking your phone, um, where you just did something and you're just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life? Like, clearly, Every other day. no contest. <laughs> of all the dumb things that I've done, this is number one. I, uh, when I was preparing... When I was preparing for this this sermon, I was trying to decide um, which stories would be appropriate for me to share out of my past and which stories I should leave kind of in, in the grave of, of the past of my life. And, and because some of them, if I told you, you would say, one, he doesn't belong on that stage, and I would agree with you. Uh, two, um, wow, you pastor did that. He ended up okay, so I guess I, and that's not where I want to go with that. Uh, and so the story that I'm about to tell you is pretty bad. Um, and so that will give you a little bit of a picture of, and I wasn't a bad kid, but I was mischievous. Um, I, I, I was always riding the line between this will get me in jail, so I'm not going to do this. Or if I do it in such a way that I don't get caught, then I guess I was always kind of riding that line. Because I, I don't know about you, but I was the guy in my friend group who um, was kind of... Um, a fool. We'll just say that word tonight because that's kind of what, what our series is about. Um, by the way, just kind of a quick definition of a fool. A fool is someone not who's just that's dumb, right? Because what's the opposite of, say, smart? Stupid. Okay. What's the opposite? I'll be making fun of Rusty now. I'll on that. That's my bro. Uh, what's the opposite of right? Wrong. 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 What's the? <laughs> Got it. Uh, what's the opposite of wisdom? Wise. Uh, so, so the opposite of wise, in my mind, is foolish. And a foolish is someone who knows the difference between right and wrong. That that knows how how to apply their knowledge. I had an adult. Uh, a couple weeks ago, defined wise as knowing how to apply. No, this Sunday, um, it was it was Daryl in our small group that said knowing how to apply the knowledge of right and wrong. Um, so there's all these kinds of different ways that we can we can piece that out. But um, I was um, old enough in the story that I'm about to tell you that I knew the difference between right and wrong. I knew the difference between smart and dumb and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was okay with being unwise. And I'll tell you why because. Um, because I was entertaining people. And, and I don't know if you're like me, 
where you kind of like to be the class clown, or you like to be the person that cracks the jokes, kind of seeing some nods, right? Um, that will get you in trouble. Like, you, your friends will laugh at you, and you'll be like, oh, that was hilarious. And then the handcuffs get slapped on you, and you're like, it's less funny now. It is less entertaining. They're still laughing at me, right? And so some of you are like, did Mark go to jail? I didn't go to jail for this one. See, here's what happened. Um, I, lived, I lived in Indianapolis as a high schooler, and uh, specifically in Greenwood, which is just south. So uh, in Indianapolis, uh, I went to school with some friends, and we, we became friends with these kids from this other school called Mooresville. So if, if, you, if you could just maybe uh, tune in with me for a second. I don't know what the, the prep school of like Central Arkansas is. Well, some of you would say Bryant, right? Okay, okay, so the prep school, I kind of was at the Richie Rich school just because we landed in that district. We weren't those people, but we landed in that district, so we were the prep school. But we became friends with um, the Bauxite students, basically, of, of Greenwood, and they were from Mooresville, okay? So they, they uh, what did they drive to school? Trucks. That's what they drove. Uh, horses and cows. Sometimes um, that was these guys. You know, uh, it just it was. You know, a truth. And so I I I was driving around as a uh, as a senior in high school with some of my friends, and uh, we were on these back roads because when you're in Mooresville, it is back roads. You know, it's just, there's, there's not like street lights and stuff. It's just back roads, it's country. And so we're driving down, down the road and I had this friend named Matt. Now, let me tell you a second about Matt. Matt um, made me look like, like a schoolboy as far as like being a clown, okay? I, I was not funny, I was not like crazy. The stuff that he did would get you put in jail, but he never, ever, ever got caught. And so he had bought, because his dad started, um, so some of you may know this software, probably won't, but um, the adults in here, there's a, there's a software called Dreamweaver. His dad made that. And uh, it's a pretty big deal. And uh, so they had a lot of money. And so he just threw money all over the place. And one day he said, hey guys, I ordered a stun gun. And we were like, why? He was like, because I wanted a stun gun. And I was like, okay, it sounds like a good enough reason. You're rich, you can just buy a stun gun in if you want. And so we had our night where we hung out in the garage and we stunned each other to see what it felt like. That's not the bad part. That's not the bad part. Um, and so I, I just, I just want to clearly state my disclaimer again. Um, this is terrible what we did. Terrible. Um, and you're like, what did he... Did he stun a cat? Now that would have been an act of like righteousness. That would have been a good thing. Uh, we're driving down these back roads, and my friend Matt is in the back seat with the stun gun. Um, I think we're in like a Bronco or something, so it was just huge. Uh, and there's this guy that's running down the street. And my friend Matt says stop the call and so he jumps out of the car runs up behind this guy and stuns a complete stranger and this guy his only reaction at this point 
is he ran into the woods. Like, I don't know if he knew where he was or where he was going, but he was running away from my friend Matt. And, and so that was apparently, it's a wonder that I'm here right now. This is kind of what I'm telling, like this is the glory of God that he would actually use a moron like me. And I wasn't the stunner, okay? I was just, <laughs> I was just the friend, I was guilty by association. And, and I look back, I look back on that as, as a responsible, a semi-responsible uh, adult with kids that pays taxes and all this kind of stuff. Like, I should have gone to prison for that. I should have, got, I should have gotten in trouble. Someone should have put handcuffs on me, but we never got caught. Um, there was another time that we were driving, same guy, same people, um, and uh, it, was, uh, it was July 4th. And so, so I'm just like, you know, where I'm going with this. See, it wasn't bottle rockets, though, because those are small and boring. It was Roman candles. And we didn't know that it was a bad idea or illegal to shoot them out of a moving car in downtown Indianapolis. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, I, I was an idiot. And so it was us in one car, and it was them in the other car, and it was driving down Highway 31, shooting bottle rockets at each other. Um, it was just, we were just, we were just, we were just dumb. And sometimes, um, sometimes it, it, it came back and got me. Most times it didn't. I, I went home, here's what I did. I went home and told my parents. I was like, you wouldn't believe how much fun we had tonight. And some of you are already like, that's dumb. Don't tell your parents that. Um, I, I didn't, I just, I was so excited and filled with joy. I was like, we had a Roman candle fight while we were driving. And, you know, and, and they were like, that happened? I was like, yeah, tonight, as we just got back. You see those burn marks on the side of the tours? That's where it hit the car. I haven't been able to get them off yet, but. It was so fun, at memories, that it'll just remind us of how much fun, and my dad was like, get out of my sight. I don't need to be seeing you right now. So, so there's these, these, these things, and I'm sure you have stories, and I have some more, and, and those are the good ones, and unfortunately, you know, it's, I'm here, I'm alive, and it's a good thing. Um, but I should have gotten in big trouble for those. And, and, and aren't there things that you do, like I said, that that was definitely the dumbest thing I've ever done before? And, and, and in most cases, when you're sitting, like maybe alone in your bedroom thinking that, you got caught, right? You're alone in your bedroom because you got sent to your bedroom, right? Or, or you're grounded or, or just, we all have our stories of, of dumb stuff we did. Um, and sometimes, it's not just about getting caught, it's about uh, changing the course of our life. Now, I believe what I did was stupid, um, but there were other times that I did dumb things um, that changed the course of my life. Okay, so, and, and part of that was who I was hanging out with. Some of that was how I spent my money. Some of that was who I, I dated or didn't date. You know? and, and, and what you need to know that, that's just real is every decision that you make has this real life consequence later. And what's interesting about it, and you don't know this, not because, not because you're stupid, but because you just haven't been there yet. You haven't lived long enough. The things that you're doing right now very serious right now. The things that you're doing right now will show up later in your life because they, they, they build you. They're, like, they're kind of like blocks to a degree. Um, and so the blocks that you lay early on in your life um, 
tend to be part of your story later. Now, here's what's cool about that. Let me kind of give you the end of the story before I ever really start the story, is this. God is in the business of redeeming us when we're broken. And, and just so you understand, there will be a point in your life where you are completely broken, no hope. Some of you have already hit that level, and that's maybe where you had your God moment. That's maybe where you said, I've ignored God all my life, and, and this thing has happened to, to crush me. Um, I got in trouble. Uh, I've got this bad circumstance in my life. The events are all stacked up against me. Um, I've got it. If you're out there, I'm calling on you. And that was my story. Because when I was 16, the stress and the pressure of, of just being a 16-year-old kid got to me. And I realized, in a very real sense, I couldn't do this life on my own. And so maybe you've hit that level. Maybe you haven't quite yet. Maybe you're just kind of breezing through and you're still under mom and dad's wings and, and life is just normal. But there's a moment where, where you can't trust the most trustworthy people anymore because you realize that they fall on something. It happens. There's a, there's a moment where you realize things don't go as you planned. There's a moment where you realize that the people that you thought were your friends were not actually your friends and they showed that by how they acted, right? There's a moment where you, where you learn what it's like to be the subject of rumors in your school. Whatever it is, it's, there, there's a moment where that kind of breaks. And, and that, I think, I think just my guess from, from living 30 years on this earth, it is where we start to learn a little bit more about God, especially if we seek Him. And if we seek Him rightly, we grow in wisdom. Now let's talk a little bit about where we get that. In Proverbs chapter 2, um, this is a, a book mainly written by Solomon. And this is kind of like father's advice to his son. And so this is a moment where, where you're seeing him talk to um, a, you, you see the very first two words. Um, what are they in Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1? My son. Okay, so in a sense he's addressing this. Um, I, I don't know if I, if I have anyone on this planet more than the people in my immediate family that I want to live a legacy out for. Um, being the youth pastor of Indian Springs, I've um, been here for about six and a half years, and it is, it is a huge, huge part of my life. But I'll, but I'll tell you this much. As much as this is the, like the highlight of my week, when I go home and I teach my boys, like I'm, I'm pulling the stops out. My goal my goal is to pour out everything that I know about life um, and say, Kipton and Caden and wherever this other little boy is, and it's a boy, by the way. I don't know if we announced that or not. We, we did on social media. So, um, I used to think 
that you were wise, if you were like over the age of 70, you're just wise. Because you lived that long, you had to learn some things. And here's what I've seen tonight, is that although there is wisdom to be found in age, um, there is wisdom, true wisdom to be found in God and God alone. And we're going to see that in Proverbs chapter 2. He says this, um, and, and actually, let me just give you kind of a little hint as to how to read this. You're going to see him um, read a whole lot. I'm even here looking, I don't see a period until we get to verse 5. And so um, it's kind of like Paul, where Paul writes, and it's a paragraph, and it's just one sentence. This is kind of the same thing. He writes five verses, and he's saying, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, and then hold out, he's going to say, then this will happen. Okay? It's called a conditional statement. If you do this, then this will happen. So he says, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, if you make your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, and here's where he says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Okay? This is a big deal. So he's saying, if you do these, if you receive my words, treasure my commandments, make your ear attentive to my wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, call out for insight, raise your voice, all of this, if you seek it like silver, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Okay, so these, this is, we are learning about God in this moment. This is the creator of the universe. And here's what he's saying. If you would call yourself someone who's, who's called a Christian, you have surrendered your life to Jesus. And I don't mean you prayed a prayer. I mean that you gave your life away. You said, God... You're the boss. I'm not the boss anymore. I have surrendered my life. If that has happened, then these things are true. Okay, so, so seek, seek it like silver. Receive my words. Treasure up my commands. You'll, you'll, you'll understand the fear of the Lord. Verse 9. You, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity for every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Um, okay, so, so let me stop there for a second. I can tell you that for the majority of my life, wisdom and knowledge were not, what does it say, pleasant for my soul. That's just how it was for me. Like, if you were to tell me, like, if you go down that path, you know it's going to hurt you. And I would say, yep, I know that. What is, the, what is that a definition of? Foolishness, right? And, and, and there's probably not a point in your day where you're going to say, that person's really acting foolish. You know, that's probably, you know, like, or even the word wise. But but maybe the question doesn't need to be how do I, it doesn't need to be like, what's the difference between right or wrong? Because all of those questions get answered later when you think, think things like, should I hang out with those people? Is it illegal for me to hang out with that group of friends? No. Is it wise? That's a different question. In fact, it's a better question I think you should is it illegal for me to eat McDonald's every meal for the rest of my life? It should be? Yes. You watched the movie 
but it is not. And, uh, and if you eat stuff like that for the rest of your life, wise or unwise? Unwise. Okay, so that's an easy one. But, but let me ask you this one. Okay, so that's an easy one to see. But sometimes when we look in the mirror, our decisions, we, we don't want to say out loud that some of our decisions are unwise. Okay, so maybe it's the people that you hang out with. Maybe it's the decision, um, something as simple as school. Maybe it's the decision to not study for your test. Right? Is it right or wrong? Well, I'm tired and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to flunk your test. Wise or unwise to not study for your test. Make excuses and all that kind of stuff. Wise or unwise um, to hang out with a certain group of people, right, that, that you know that they don't have good habits. You know that you're tempted to engage in those habits. But it's not wrong, you know. Maybe I can share the gospel with them. And listen, I would say at all times, yes, be ready to share the gospel. But if you're making excuses to hang out with a group of people that you know is going to pull you down, the Bible would also say, lest you be tempted also. Right? Be careful about who you hang out with because you might be tempted to do the things that they're doing. Right? If they're engaging in things that you know are against God's standards or they're just stupid, right, foolish, then, then that's you. And so I know that when I was your age, I was starting to kind of embrace this stuff. And by your age, I mean the older kids. Like, I went through my middle school, like, not caring. I wish I did. I went through my freshman year, not caring. My sophomore year is when I really, really got real with God, surrendered my life. And so, but I still made some mistakes. And here's what I want to say. Mistakes are going to happen. Right? It's not like you're going to overnight be wise. But you can start making wise decisions. And here's how you start making wise decisions. You start saying, what is the wise thing to do in this situation? Rather than, well, it's not wrong, right? Is it right or wrong? Stop asking, is it wise or is it unwise? Right? So he goes on. Uh, he says, knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. This is verse 11. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will, will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil. From men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Okay. Don't, uh, don't go right past that. Let me read it again. Men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness. Those are people that would say, I know that this is God's word, but I'm going to walk my own path anyway. Right? First John 1 John 1.5, I believe we talked about last week. Um, if, you, if you walk in darkness, but say you have fellowship with God, you're a, you're a liar. Right? That's what that's saying. Like, and he's saying, in this case, you're a fool. You're also a fool. Because you know the difference between wise and unwise. But you choose the past. You walk in paths of, I'm sorry, you forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in ways of darkness. Rejoice in doing evil. You delight in perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and whose uh, ways are devious. Okay, so he's saying you don't do that stuff. Okay, so he's talking, again, like kind of to his son. He's writing a letter to his son, but really this all applies to us. Um, and he says, you will be delivered from the forbidden woman. And he begins to, to get in, and we're not going to get into it because we just don't have time, but he uses these, um, these illustrations of, of women. And, and what's interesting is there's a woman of wisdom, and then there's a woman of kind of adultery, okay? And, and adultery, not in the case of just like cheating on a spouse, but cheating on God, right? Adultery is saying like, I know that that's God's word, but I'm going to follow my own path. 
I, I know that this is the path God's laid out for me. It's, it's light, but I'm going to take the path of darkness. Um, that's, that's utter foolishness. And what's interesting is that it's not so hard to see why people do that because there are temptations that pull you in, okay? And, and what you have to learn at some point is to stop, stop making decisions that are unwise simply because it's a path of darkness. Simply because chasing what, what you want when you know that over here is what, what God wants, um, you're not only kind of stiff-arming God, um, there needs to be a, a moment of repentance. You know, some of you, you're Christians and you're doing this, and some of you have been stiff-arming God your whole life. Okay, so let's get real for a second. Watched the debate last night. I don't know if any of you heard about it or, or, or saw it. I, I would venture to say most of you didn't. Did anyone just by change? There was a creation versus evolution debate online. Did anyone see that? Bill Nye. Okay, so a couple of you. All right, awesome. Bill Nye and uh, Ken Ham of Answers in Genesis. Um, anyone ever been to the Creation Museum before? It's in, is it Kentucky? Right? It's in Kentucky, I think. Um, and it kind of outlines Genesis and, and helps you have a visual for, for what you've read, and, it, and it's really cool. So they debate, right? Bill Nye, the science guy, is not a creationist. He's, he does not believe in the Bible. He's not uh, what you would call a Christian. You know, he's, he's over here believing something completely different. And, and he's a nice guy. And, and, and did anyone else grow watching his Bill Nye, the science guy shows? Yeah. And so you're like, I love Bill Nye. And you know what? He doesn't believe. He doesn't believe the, the biblical account of creation, which is to say that what we're reading here is false. There, there will be times, especially high schoolers, this is not a surprise to you at all. There will be times that you're called out to say up front what you believe, what you believe and what you don't believe. And there will be a chance to say, I, I believe in, in the scriptures. I believe that they're infallible. The word infallible means there's no, there's no error in the scriptures. We, we believe what this book says. And that belief is, is under fire. And it is unpopular. Anyone have had that argument in school yet? Um, like you said, I'm a Christian. And someone stepped up and said, no, you're ignorant or you're stupid or, or you're a blind faith kind of person. You know? and, and, uh, and listen, I have friends that don't believe that. And what I would say is as smart as they are, they don't have true wisdom. And here's why. Because Proverbs 1 Verse 7 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The starting place. The source. Um, true wisdom is only found in God. And as smart as these people are, what the Bible would say is that the farther you run from God, the more foolish you become. It, and it, you, you may look smart on TV or on a debate. You may look smart in a science class, and you may feel good about what you believe because it's a popular and a widely held belief. But what the Bible says, and this is where I'm sticking to, I'm just, because it's God's word, it's God's word to us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so now that you have that like little key, it's kind of like a key to a map. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And that fear, what that means is that to some degree, you understand how real he is. When you understand how real God is, you understand that you're very small, right? You're, you're a sinner, that you, you didn't choose him, right? Because we have all sorts of stuff wrong in our life um, that, that makes, and you know what that's like, right? Because you express selfishness and you express, you know, your desires when you get tempted and you run to those. And you know what it's like to have sin in your life, right? That's just my guess, you know? You know the difference between right and wrong, and you, you have chosen wrong on multiple occasions. And God loves us so much that all the way up in the New Testament, he would send his son to pay the price for us, even though we chose the wrong path, even though we chose the unwise path. He sent son. And so what that shows us is that he loves us. Now, a true fear of the Lord, I think, you know, there's a lot of pastors that will say um, that that is uh, revering him, that is not, not so much respecting him, because when I think respect, I think of like my dad when I say yes, sir, right? Um, this is more than that. This is, he's God, right? Perfect, holy God. The angels are singing to him all the time, in all of eternity, and he's perfect, and he's, he's, he's sitting up there with, you know, just, we don't even know how good he is. We can't even get it through our heads. And we are down here. And he loved us that much to send his son. And when I, when I think of that, it brings me, it brings me low, but what it, what it makes me remember is that I have tremendous worth because he sent his son. And a healthy fear of the Lord shows us that is the beginning of wisdom, right? And so now it says, my son, this is chapter two, if you receive my words, treasure up my commandments, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up wisdom. He is giving it to you. Um, I want you to fast forward all the way to the book of James, almost to the end of the Bible. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Simply say this. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God, who generously gives to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. In other words, when you ask God for wisdom, act like he's going to give it to you. Expect it. I mean, sometimes we, we struggle with that a little bit. Like, we pray and we're like, ah, God's not going to make that happen. You know, what he would say is that I'm not going to give you wisdom if you're not going to believe in me. I think that's maybe step number one in fearing the Lord is when you ask him for something that he says you should ask for. Right. Call out for wisdom. Raise your voice for it. Seek it like silver. Ask God for wisdom. 
Um, that verse that I'm sharing with you right now was a game changer in my life as a teenager. And I'll tell you why. It's because I started asking for it, believing I was going to get it. And I believe that to some degree, and I won't know this, I don't know, maybe he, maybe he didn't, but I believe that he's true to his word. So that's not to say, like, I'm pretty wise, you know, because I know how unwise I am. But what I'm saying is this, is I believe those words or I wouldn't be standing up here. I believe those words or I wouldn't have shaped my entire life, my entire life around those words. And when I ask for wisdom because he says I should ask for wisdom, I believe that I'm going to get it now. Now, here's my challenge to you, is to go home and make it a habit to ask God for wisdom. And here's, here's what you don't have to do. Ask for it one time and then never ask for it again, right? Because here's what I do. When a situation comes up and there's a fork in the road, should I do this or should I do that? God, would you please give me wisdom in this situation? Um, if you hear me praying, you're going to hear that a lot because that's just, I, I believe that it's true. He says, if you ask for it, he gives it what generously, without reproach, right? Um, Solomon, back in 1 Kings, do you, do you remember this story? Like Solomon is about to take the throne and uh, God says, you get one prayer. You get, you get one request, okay? So this is as close to a genie in the bottle as God gets. Um, he says, what's one thing that you want? And he says, I want wisdom. And, and I want to read it. Actually, I actually have it right here. Um, he says, I want wisdom. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Okay? This is a humble beginning. I love it. I love it. He, he's like, I didn't pick this. You picked this. I'm a child. I shouldn't be in the throne, but, but you've picked me. And so I understand that if this is going to go well, it's because of you. And he says this. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this, and God said to him, because you've asked this and not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but you've asked for wisdom to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. In other words, he gives them wisdom, which we know Solomon in the Bible as the wisest man to ever live. Um, besides someone like Jesus, obviously. Um, I give you a discerning mind so that no one like you has, I'm sorry, so that none like you has been before and none shall rise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare to you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways. Okay, so here's another conditional statement. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. This is crazy. And, and here's what I don't want you to walk out of here saying. So not only is God going to give me wisdom, but if, if my one request is wisdom, then he's going to make me rich, and I'm going to be a king, and I'm going to get to write a book of the Bible, and people are going to talk about No, 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 no. Okay, this is not uh, what we would say is prescriptive. This isn't saying if you do these things, then you're going to be like Solomon. What he's saying is this. 
This is a story that happened one time. And as far as I understand, there's not a whole lot of that going on with other characters in the Bible. But here's what we see. It pleased the Lord that Solomon asked for what? Wisdom. Wisdom. And so it was just in this moment, he's like, and, and why would you ask for wisdom? Because you want to know something? But what is, you want to know something, what is that really saying from the beginning? You don't know. Right? It's, it's, all, it's all, there's a ground layer of like humility that's being laid when he says, would you give me wisdom? Because if he asked for money, he's just like, I've got everything I need to rule this country. So if I could just have a little more money, um, because I could use a new iPad. You know, like, or um, I would like you to kill all my enemies so that I have an easy reign with no attacks on my throne. And it, like, he wanted wisdom, and what God knew in that moment was that is what he needed. I think there's something to be said for that. So my question is this, is what is it? In light of your past, right, in light of where you've been, because you, you've done some dumb stuff. We've all done some dumb stuff. Right? In, in light of where you are right now in life, and what God is using in you, and, and what God is putting around you in, in your life situations, right? The people that are surrounding you, and also where you want to go, where you believe God is calling you to go. What's the wise thing to do in your life? Okay, so is it to get good grades? Is it wrong to get bad grades? Is it illegal to get bad grades? It's not. Some of you are like, in my home, it's illegal, right? I go to prison if I get a C. I was like, man, I got a pizza party if I got a C. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. Let me end with this story. Because there's all sorts of places in your life. Uh, there's all sorts of situations. For some of you, it's, it's uh, for some of you, it's the friends you hang around with. In fact, I would say for, the, for most of you, it's the friends you hang around. It's, it's the way sometimes you treat your parents. Maybe it's just the decisions you make uh, when you're looking at the internet or when you're posting on social media. Maybe it's the decisions you make when you're spending your money. You know, when we take 100% of our money and spend it on us, what we're really saying is that, God, this is mine, and I get to spend it on you. But the Bible would say, return the first 10% to me, right? The storehouse may be full, like, support the church, like, that is my goal, like, it is it's for you to return it to me. Um, how much of your money belongs to you? 90%. Because some said none, and some said 90%. I like 90%, and I love none. And here's why. Because God gave it to you. Like you don't own it. And we talked a little bit about this word steward back in the fall. That, that God has given everything to you. And you should be humble and grateful that you were born in a country like America. Where you honestly have more than you need. And it should strike fear in you when you waste it. Because there are people that have less than they need. And what we're doing is we're saying, no, but, but all of this is for me. All of this. And I'll tell you, I'm, like that is a struggle for me. Maybe, uh, maybe it's not like, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe, this is, maybe you're not dealing with this as a Christian. Maybe you're like, 
I've been running from God all my life, and I need to stop that. Right? You, you understand that, that you're running from, from the creator of the universe. Right? It doesn't end well. Right? It's not like you can run from him anywhere. Like, where can you go that he doesn't see you or find you? Um, why would you run from someone who loves you that much? Right? We, we tend to think that walking this path of darkness is our best goal. I said earlier, sometimes someone, I, I can remember my dad sitting down with me, not a spiritual issue, but, but a financial issue. He sat me down as a high school and said, don't you get credit cards. I said, yes, sir. And then I got one in the mail and I was kind of like, ooh, I'm not supposed to do this. So I ripped it up and threw it away. Then I went to college and I saw him set up a table and I was like, they're going to give me a free t-shirt if I sign up. Okay, I can't, I can't do it, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to pass on the t-shirt. When you're in college, a free t-shirt means a lot, right? It's like, I'm not going to get another one of these for four years. So I might as well go ahead and sign up and get a credit card, you know? And then you get one in the mail and they're like, we're going to go ahead and give you $2,000 of credit just to start. This up. It's free, <coughs> which it's not. It's not. And I, I remember, I could see my dad's face as I filled out the application. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not wise. And it was just a starting place, right? And it grew and it grew and it grew and it got out of hand. And we're just now getting to the point where all that's paid off. Just now. You know how long ago that was? A long 13 years. 13 years. I just heard someone say, I'm not even 13. That's what I'm talking about. 13 years of slavery. And my dad said, don't do it. And then here's what happens. I tell him, dad, I got some credit cards. He's like, son, I told you. It gets worse. Credit cards. Plural. I can't pay them off at the end of the month. And I will I don't know what to do. It's like, all right, let's get started. You know? And it was like that wisdom in that moment. And by the way, it would have been bad for my dad to just say, all right, well, I'll write a check. He didn't write me a check. He let me understand the consequences of that. And I'm glad he did. But listen, some of you, you're going to learn the hard way because you're stubborn. But I don't want you to learn the like, if you learn the hard way about credit cards, I get it. I don't want you to learn the hard way about salvation. I don't want you to learn the hard way because you're rejecting Jesus. That is the one thing that uh, it keeps me up at night. That some of you are running from Jesus, and all it takes is just for you to recognize that the creator of the universe sent his one and only son to pay for, for the sins of the universe, and that you are stiff-arming that. Right? That you could have friendship and peace with God, but you are running from that. Some of you, I just, you know, you just need to stay out here and do some talking. And I'll just say this. Me and the other adults would love to stay back and talk to you. So for those of you that, that maybe have something like that to talk about, do the bold thing and stay back and talk. Say, I've been running from God. I don't know what this whole thing means, but um, we don't expect you to know everything on night one. But what you need to know is that we pray for you on a daily basis just that you would cry out that you would surrender your life. Right? To fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it starts. And so you're not going to get anywhere in life unless it begins with humility.
with the fact that we live in a country where we have more than enough um, and that you waste what you give us. It scares me, it strikes fear in me. But I also know that when it comes to what your word says, it says that, that rich people have a hard time understanding that they need God. In fact, they're, they're, they're the hardest to reach, and that's us. That's, that's us here in America. And so, God, I pray that we would understand that there needs to be a layer of humility where all of us need to surrender our lives, Lord, to, to turn everything in and to live for you. God, I pray that over our students tonight. I pray that over every soul in this room and those that are not with us tonight. Lord, I, I pray that we would understand that it starts with bowing to you and not walking our own path. Lord, we love you so much.